Welcome to The Value Script. Today we have a very special guest in studio. I'm excited for this podcast. We have Dan Hardesee here with um, BPS Insulation, Reaper Apparel Company, all around phenomenal guy. He uh, just finished a crazy house remodel in his own home. Um, turned out tremendous. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, you know, it's it's been... I've been excited to think about having you as a guest. Uh, our families go back as far as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, your older brother, Ryan, or, um, was about a year ahead of me. And uh, your sister, Michelle, was my age. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And I didn't even realize that. I have memories of her. Um, and my, my parents' favorite memory of her was <laughs> apparently in nursery. She would just steamroll me and take my toys. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the stories I've ever heard. She was she was the bully for sure. But uh, but I, I I have fond memories though, like being out behind my parents' home, like I'll buy the horse pens and just playing. Like we're like five years old, um, and uh, just had a lot of fun. And um, and then were you guys neighbors? No, our moms were friends. Oh, gotcha. our moms were friends. So you know, when your moms are friends, you take the kids with you, and then when you guys are doing whatever moms do, right? Um, the kids are playing, right? And I don't know. I just have some special memories, and, and it's funny how they've stuck with me um, because she was, she was almost gone too soon. Yeah, oh, for sure. Right. Um, but anyway, um, I, I wanted to talk about your Reaper Apparel Company. How did you get that started? Where did that come from? So it kind of started back in 2020, um, and I remember, there, I remember a really specific moment, and I was sitting in my office, and I just had all this anxiety and this fear. And, you know, I think everybody was experiencing a lot of that during, during, during the COVID. pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's all this uncertainty of what's going to happen. What's going to become of the world? And finally, I just was like, you know what? I got to get out of my head. I got to figure out how to beat this. I got to get past this anxiety and this fear and worry and depression. And and so it really kind of started as my own personal journey of how to get out of there. And uh we started, uh, we kind of took a spontaneous trip to the Grand Canyon. And all of a sudden, I, it was like, God, the universe, whatever you want to say, spoke to me there. And it was just like, hey, it's okay. Like, you got to enjoy this. This is the only moment that you have here in this life. Quit wasting it. I mean, you could, I, I could be hit by, I could walk out of here and drive off in my truck and get hit and killed in, in, the, you know, in the next hour. I mean, we never know what we got. And so we got we to gotta cherish every moment that we get, quit worrying about the past and quit fearing the future and be present, be here today in this moment. Uh, as I was, <clears throat> my favorite, uh, well, one of my favorite cartoons that's come out recent, in recent years is Kung Fu Panda, mm -hmm. you know? And I just feel like there's so much wisdom in a lot of the one-liners. And um, he talks about that, you know, it's... Um, there's a saying, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. Right, and to seize the day. So how did you transition from, okay, so you had paralyzing anxiety, which I can relate to. I think a lot of people can. <laughs> I, I, as I've done this, I've realized that it's not just me. It's a lot of people that are struggling with it and going through the same things I've been going through. Man, in March, I remember March 2020, um, right around the 15th, right around the second week, 
third week, everybody's, you know, this is starting to hit full, full speed. And we're all trying to figure out what do we do? What does this really mean? You know, and I was on calls with other pediatric dentists. How are you going to practice? How are you going to continue to stay open? How do we make sure that we can continue to find the protective personal protective equipment we need to be able to deliver care to our patients? Because there was, you know, there was a shortage of it. I actually had to import clinical masks uh, from a, a contact of mine internationally. It was the only way I could get them. I had to get, it was the only way I could find wow. N95 masks. Yeah, Dang. we, it, it was actually imported from China. Yeah. It had to though. <laughs> we, we, yeah. We saw the same thing in construction and I mean, it, it's not even as, as necessary as it is for, for you guys. And, and we couldn't get them. Yeah. Well, it's pretty, I mean, you guys have to protect your lungs. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 It definitely, <laughs> definitely need it. Well, especially the insulation. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So I mean, my guys got to where they were wrapping T-shirts around their head, and you yeah. Know, I mean, they said, "Well, what are we going to do?" I said, I, "I mean, I don't know. We got to work. We got to, yeah. got to keep going. So <laughs> you got to figure something out." I did construction for like tw- uh, twelve years before I got into this. Okay. And uh, it was all sheetrock and stuff. But I remember putting up bats of insulation and i go home and there was fiberglass in places that i didn't think could yes, get to everywhere <laughs> oh my god i couldn't imagine yep. but i didn't did you guys do like spray and stuff we do yeah we do that we do commercial mostly so we're doing a lot of like um hotels and hospitals and schools oh, wow. and things like that big projects yeah yeah gotcha. yeah we've we during the, like the crash we had to get away from residential just because it, mm. it just got too competitive and it was there was too much going on there, not enough money. And so we kind of moved into commercial and I just am a little partial to it because it <laughs> carried us through. You yeah. Know? Well, and, and fun fact, Dan shared with me that he insulated this home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that this yeah. morning. That's crazy. This was, uh, was this Alex that built this one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex yep. Carroll. Yep. Uh, yeah. We did that. I remember doing it. We were, I, I was on site doing it. So <laughs> in fact, Seth was working with him at that time. Oh yeah. 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 He was. Yeah. yeah, man. I, um, that's cool. I, one of the reasons it's so special for me to have you on here is um, helping to promote. I mean, you're a local guy from this town, and it's it's fun to be able to actually finally have a platform where I can actually promote people that um, share our values, our message. You know, especially with your apparel company. You know, it's right in line with the message of the podcast. Uh, but also be able to promote my people. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing. So, how did you transition from? Okay, so you had you know the highly anxious state. You had your experience with the Grand Canyon. So how did you get traction into converting that into a clothing company? You know, um, for me, it started out as it was kind of a reminder to myself to when I threw on my shirt and I put on my hat for the day, that was like my reminder. Hey, you got to be here. You got to be here today. You can't worry about what's going on tomorrow. You can't worry about the mistakes you made. You got to be in this moment. So it kind of started as a reminder and how did people reach out to me and it and started resonating with people. And so I knew the message was something that was universally shared by a lot of people. And so that's, that's where it began. And it's just evolved over the last two years from there. And that fly <laughs> keeps landing on both your mics. Yeah. The, the, fly love the, yep. the fly should die. All right. Let's, let's, let's cut for a second. Let's knock him out real quick. There you go. You got a good shot. Oh, he's dead. Did, did you get him? Sniper. I'm keeping that on a... I'm a fly sniper, dude. <laughs> Peter's going to come after me, bro. <laughs> Chris Kyle of the flies. <laughs> <laughs>
So how did you pick your, your the Reaper? Like, tell me about that. Because, yeah. you know, so my understanding is, well, really, first of all, tell me about the mission of your company. Okay, so the mission of my company is is just to get people out there, to just stop with the anxiety and realize that we have control over our own lives. And it's up to us to make the changes in our life. So we have two choices. We can sit there and we can let it overtake us and overcome us. Or we can start working, do something. I can relate a couple oh, last week, and I talked about this in the most recent episode that we we dropped. Was that twelve? Um, yep. yep. And I, uh, Monday morning, three thirty in the morning, I'm laying in bed, and I just get crippled with anxiety, and I go into a full body, like profuse full body sweat. I know it might be a little more visual than most people want to see, but or think about, but it was a full body sweat, and I just try. First, I try to roll over and shake it i can i can just try to work through this mentally and go back to sleep and i tried to start focusing on you know the the way the air felt from the fan against my head and the way the sheets felt against my my skin and it just wasn't working and uh, i tried to lay there and the more i laid there and didn't take action the worse it got you know and so um i had to find a way to get control and I wasn't getting it by not doing. In fact, for me, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, if I don't do anything, that's the worst thing I can do. Absolutely, hundred yep. percent. Yeah, um, action to me is the helps a lot. Yes, and and is probably the best medicine for my anxiety. But sometimes getting from from crippling anxiety to action, there is a process that you have to break through. Yes, and and what I did and what I f- often do is I try to get as cold as possible. And I just jumped in the shower and tried out to be as cold as possible. And for me, that helps um, snap me out of my emotional brain and brings me right back to, you know, you're tr- trying to control your breathing because you're in a fight or flight response because yes. it's so cold. Yes. And there's no room in my brain for emotionality. Um, and have you, have you had a similar experiences or how do you help ground yourself when you get to that hyper, yeah. hyper, you know, anxiety state? How do you ground yourself? Absolutely. And uh, that's what I was thinking of with the Joe Rogan podcast is he had a guest on and he talked about how the, the can't catch a break. You know, I'm, I don't want those can't catch a break guys. Do something, read a book, do something, anything, right. something that will improve you. And so when I'm feeling like down and things aren't going my way, then I stop, I find a good book. I, I think about it for 15 minutes. I take a walk, do something, something to get my mind off of it and to realize that I can change the way that I feel. And yeah. when I change the way that I feel, that's when my actions will start, will start uh, displaying that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate how you said, take a walk, read a book. It doesn't always have to be a prescription that you've heard that works for somebody else. Exactly. You got to find some of the works for you. Meredith, um, little known fact, she went through an addiction um, recovery class and became a certified addiction recovery specialist uh, a few years ago. And one of the things that she learned in that class was to have what they called a flagpole experience. And you got to have that tucked away. Like if you, even if it's like not just anxiety or if it's depression or if it's addiction, you're feeling the pull. So like you're losing control of your rational mind, you know, whether it's to whatever impulse. And how do you recapture that? And, and the flagpole thing was the counselors would, he recommended, he would go and run around his flagpole 10 times and they need to come back and he, that helped ground him. Um, some people would do 30 push ups as fast and as intensely as they could. 
And um, it, it made me relate to this uh, statement Tony Robbins had. He said, the fastest way to have a physical state cha- or a mental state change, the fastest way to change your mental state is to change your physical state. Yes. Um, so that, you know, I, I really appreciate that, you know, that you brought that up. So tell me about the Reaper. Why, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful message. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I don't know that a lot of people associate the Grim Reaper with, hey, this is what I want my mental health outlook to look like. Yep. So it, it started, my sister Natalie actually kind of came up with it and I, and I rolled with it. My brother-in-law made the logo, uh, Troy, and he made the logo for me. And what, what I wanted to, I'm not a very like uh, light, uh, you know, feel good type person, but I wanted, I felt like it's such a heavy message. I wanted to relay it through the, the lens of death because I feel like that's so impactful for people and it wakes people up to say, hey, you could be dead tomorrow. It's time to wake up. It's time to make the change and it's time to do what you need to do and what you're destined to do here in this life. It's time to wake up and do it. And I, and I think when you shake people like that, it gets a more abrupt response from them. Wow, that's powerful. Like you said, tomorrow's not promised, but also just, I mean, we all know that. We all know tomorrow's not promised, but like you just said, like, hey, get out of your funk today. You might not have tomorrow. Yep. Don't sulk in it today, right? What do you, what would you say for those people that don't know how to do that? Like they're, like they know they need to, right? Like me, when I was trying to lay in bed and fight that anxiety, um, I knew I needed to do something, right? But what if you don't know what to do? I think that's, that's a tough question and it's a, it's a journey. And it's not an overnight journey. It's oh. a process that takes a lot of time, a lot of reflection. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, God, I'm a, I'm a big believer in God, obviously. And if you're not, I think the universe applies to a lot of the same things. But you have to learn what it means to you. And so if that means you get on Instagram and you watch motivational reels for a little bit, then okay, take that step, do something, get on your knees Take a walk like we talked about. Find, I mean, if you go deep in nature, that can be some of the most peaceful, solemn places. And when you get yourself there to that place of neutral, of no worry, no fear, and you're in that moment, I think your heart starts craving that because we're so wrapped up in the world and in our jobs and what we have to do for, we love our families, obviously, but what we have to do, our responsibilities, we get so wrapped up in that. Sometimes we forget to reflect on our inside and take care of ourselves. Cause when our cup's empty, we don't have anything to give. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'd much rather give less of myself, say no sometimes. And when I do give, it's a much greater amount of giving. And that's a powerful thing that you just said. I think so. I think I struggle with that. I've seen a lot of people struggle with saying no when you need to say it's no. It's very, very hard, especially for people you love. It's really hard to say no. But in some ways, saying no at that moment, that, that is the only thing that gives you the opportunity to say, yes, I can help you later. Mm-hmm. Versus, like you said, trying to spill whatever you have left in your little empty cup, and it just doesn't go far enough. Yes. You I know? found that helped me out a ton, because I started a company called Athletes with Anxiety, um, and learning to say no for myself, because it's, it's been like a eight-year journey for me, Yeah, and just within the last maybe two years i've i've finally gotten a hold of it figured out what to do knowing my kind of found your message yeah exactly and uh but 
learning to say no was probably the biggest thing because I was always just, no matter the situation, I would just say yes. And, you know, cause I just, I, I wasn't the type of person that could, I never wanted to let anybody down, but then I had to learn that I needed to take care of myself too. Yeah. And, you know, Absolutely. and people pleasing is part of, part of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, I think we both grew up in a culture that emphasizes uh, service and outward expression of self. And I don't know that there's enough time spent on that message. Perhaps I'm wrong. Tell me, tell me your experience there. But I, I know um, I would watch people that I love run themselves ragged giving service. Yet their own families that sometimes didn't get that same service. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. There's been so many times that you feel like when you're in a church calling or you feel like you're running yourself ragged and you know, you're told, well, your family's number one, but service is kind of more important than your family. Yeah. And you feel that way. They they lump that into the God, like God's number one, then family. Yes. You know, and then, yeah. And (laughs) And I, I really, if we think about it to me, that that's a culture thing. I mean, where where does it say that we're required to serve over our families? Doesn't you have to take care of priorities? Now, is service important, absolutely, but our families are most important, right? I would think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be. Yeah, they aren't yes. always, but yes. they need to be. Yeah. And even in my own self-destructive personal whatever doldrums I went through, that was one of the things I realized I sacrificed the most. You know, was that being able to be on top of my game for my kids. And for my wife, I wasn't there and they struggled and we're coming out of that. We're working through that, but we have to work through that because I wasn't present. It's, it's amazing how as parents, you realize how tough of a job it really is and how much hurt we can really cause our own children. Not intentionally, just because we don't, we don't know. We're learning. We're learning. I mean, you know, (laughs) we're learning, you know, I've got, I've got my oldest is 12. And my buddy always says, hey, I've never, I've never parented a 12-year-old. Like, I'm learning here. This right. is new for me. Yeah, it's not like God throws you this handbook. Okay, here's your, your firstborn child. Here's the handbook for them. And then your secondborn child, hey, this is the handbook for them. It's yeah. a totally different handbook, by the way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you can't. You can, there's... And by the third kid, you got it figured out, and then they're totally different, and you know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why I have so much more respect for when I see parents that go through anxiety or depression, because with me, it was like, I don't have kids. I, you know, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to show up for my family. You know, if like I was going through anxiety or something, it's, but I being not having kids was able to step away for myself. Having kids, you can't just step away. Like you got to still in a sense, be there for them. And so that's why I always had so much more respect for parents that are going through this stuff and getting through it. It's, It's such a huge thing. Well, and sometimes you do need to take that. It depends on how, how severe it is. I had a friend that had a very, very big problem and he did have to um, take six weeks and go get help. Really? And he had to step away. But because he did that, he was able to come back then and be the parent that he, that he always wanted to be. And he never could be before that time. Oh, wow. And, and so sometimes... Sometimes there are those mandatory breaks that are so important. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, even if it's you get home and you sit in your, your vehicle for 15 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. and just <laughs> kind of decompress for a minute. Cause when you come in, yeah. Yeah. You lost that 15 minutes, but when you come in, you're so much more ready 
to be the father that you know you should be. It's funny yeah. you say that because that's one of my favorite things to do at the end of the day. Like, you know, get done with a long day, you get home. I just listen to music for like 10, 15 minutes in my car, just decompress like you're saying. Yeah. That's what lifts your spirits and gets yeah. you ready to go. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things when all the East Valley haters are like, I can't believe you live where you live. That's my decompression time. Sometimes that's Metallica, full speed, full volume. Absolutely. And, you know, doing burnouts on the side of the road yep. the whole way home just to be able to walk in the house and be like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm normal. Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, I love going back because my family's in Montana. I love going back to Montana to visit them because it's like I'm in nature. Right. I'm away from all this city stuff. Like it's so healing for me. You brought that up. That you you brought it up, and you just reminded me of my um, in Wednesday when I was in uh, counseling with my therapist. We we are, we're still doing the work. <laughs> we were still walking the walk. Um, he mentioned uh, he he gave me a challenge. He said, Lonnie, at some point, I want you to be able to go out in the woods, you know, and and you guys, you know, if you have a cabin with your family, you know, go get get away from that, you know, at night, you know, take. Take, take whatever you need to to feel safe, a gun, a knife, flashlight, whatever you need to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, and, um, but he's like, go and you know, hundred yards away. You don't have to like bury yourself in the forest. So you don't come back. Um, you get lost, but you know, just go hundred <laughs> yards away, sit down and just sit there and be still and observe. He's like, you'll be amazed at what happens. It's like at first you're going to be kind of scared <laughs> and you're going to feel very vulnerable because you're going to hear noises and you're going to hear animals and you're going to know that there are things that are there that could be threatening but as you orient yourself to your surroundings and as you ground yourself to nature, you'll all of a sudden, your mind will be able to understand a bigger picture. And all of a sudden, you'll be able to picture where all those animals are. You'll have a peace come over you when you're becoming one with yourself and with your surroundings. And he's like, and that's a practice that you can apply. And you need to have an existential experience to be able to actually map that out. But then you can bring that practice into your everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, and like you guys were saying too, I wanted to speak about like on the way home. I remember Doug Fields, one of the best um, uh, speeches I heard about rejuvenating yourself before coming home to your family and giving your kids and wife the emotional scraps was he said, I had to get a drinking problem. And he, what he did was, is he would um, come from work. He would go to Taco Bell and he would get his Diet Coke, his Diet Pepsi. And he would drink, you know, a Taco Bell cup of Diet Pepsi. And then he would read the newspaper. And then he would go drink another, he would go get a refill. And he'd drink another cup of Diet Pepsi. And he'd read more of the newspaper. About 45 minutes later, after a couple of Diet Pepsis, he was ready. He was rejuvenated. And he was ready to go home, you know. And so I think that's, I love that you brought that up because it's vital. You know, to be able to come in and not just give everybody the emotional scraps. But it's hard at the end of the day I think it's. I think it's important to start having those conversations because, as a society in general, I think we've always kind of had this stigma between mental health. And I mean, it, uh, my parents talk about, they didn't even know what that was. They didn't even know what anxiety was mm -hmm. growing up. You right. know, everybody experienced it, but you just called it. My, my mom actually just told me last night, they called it nerves. Yeah. And, and I think it's so important, especially in my opinion, as men, to talk about that. Because mm -hmm. if we want to be a complete role, a provider, a father, a husband, whatever, whatever that means to you. If we want to be a complete role, we have to be full. And we got to talk about these situations and not not make them um, not normal. Yeah. It, it needs we to need to normalize normal. talking about 100%. it. 100%. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Normalize <laughs> discussing. Normalize having this discussion. Yeah. You know, because for so long growing up, like I didn't want anybody to know I had something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you feel like yeah. a weirdo. Oh, oh everybody's going to think I'm, I'm odd and I'm weird. I'm one off. Right. Yeah. Everybody's going to There's like a it. stigma to it in a sense. 
not not even that long ago, uh, Dak Prescott. Yes. Uh, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, He came out and said that he had anxiety and dealt with depression. And then the next, however long on sports radio shows they would talk about, they were even, I mean, this is only a couple years ago. They were saying, Oh, the quarterback shouldn't come out and say that that's just showing that your leader's weak. And then other people would be like, no, he needs to come out and talk about that because we need to get rid of this stigma. So it was like yeah. there's still that little bit of a stigma to it. Right. There right. is. But it, it show, in my opinion, it shows your strength. Exactly. When you're willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that's what truly helps people. Yeah. And, and his extreme ownership and his problem and being an actual leader by taking extreme ownership of that mm-hmm. allows his players that also feel the same way or similarly – to be able to work through their problems too, not just bury them and act yes. like they're not there. Yes. Because they're going to be performance impediments. They are not going to, yeah. you're not going to be a peak performance if you don't have proper mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and, and knowing that, and maybe there was another player that was going through it too on the team, but now knowing that, that one of the biggest things for me was knowing that I wasn't alone. Because for the longest time when I had anxiety, it was like, oh God, I don't know who else is going through this. Yeah. But then once I find out other people, like millions of people are going through it, I'm like, Okay, that kind of helps. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Literally sure. everybody yeah. experiences it to some level. Yeah. Some more than others. But yeah. So exactly. We're we're uh, kind of winding down the clock, but before we get to the end, I won't excuse me. You got that. All right. How did you I'll keep it? You, you mentioned <laughs> you probably will. You kept my snorting from <laughs> clearing my nose <laughs> anyway. <laughs> my best friend of me, Justin, <laughs> the producer of my podcast. All right. Um, you mentioned uh, you just started getting traction um, recently in your in your apparel company. How what what caused what was the um, force behind the breakthrough? Uh, really, it was I took on a marketing team that helped me do the things that I'm not doing well, and I realized, you know, sometimes as a small business owner, you you think you have to do everything yourself. And why you is that though? Because you know, nobody's going to do it the way that you want it done or that you're going to do it. You got to have control over it. Nobody loves your baby. Like you love your baby. Exactly. And once you back up and realize that like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a few of these things that maybe like a four or five out of a 10. And I could probably hire somebody that could do it more like an eight or a nine and do a better job than I could. And it's going to go further. And that was kind of a realization for me. Um, and we, we started taking on ambassadors and that started getting the word out. And that's really where I saw my message was resonating with people because I'd get comments about why they wanted to be an ambassador for the company. And they're talking about, you know, I'm going through divorce. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. All these different heartbreaking life things. And they're looking for change. They're looking for happiness and they're seeking it anywhere they can find it. Yeah. So you mentioned your ambassador program. Mm-hmm. You want to describe that? What is it? So essentially what an ambassador is, is when, when somebody really likes your product, they're willing to, they, they get a discount on all your products and they like, they want to go out and promote your product for you. And they make a commission when other people purchase from them. So it's a lot of social media, Instagram, you'll see that use my code, use my okay, link. Yeah. I that's, was just going to ask that. Yep. That's what an ambassador is. Okay. And, and basically it's the cheapest way to get your word out about what you're, what you're offering. Well, and you're, and you're, Using, using is the wrong word. You're, you have people coming to you that are already passionate yeah. about your message. That are your advocates. They're basically yeah, they're saying, hey, we you. want to promote you. Yeah. Right? And like, well, let's do this together. Yes. And let's find a way to be mutually beneficial in that. Yes. I, I love, I think for um, one thing we always wanted to talk about on 
on the value script. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about marriage, my personal journey. Um, uh, you know, but really on our, on our Instagram logo, it's mind, body, soul, empire. And the empire is everything that you're trying to create in your life, including your family, you know, your relationships, your businesses, right? And so I appreciate you bringing this business angle in and talking about that. As small business owners, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make is trying to do everything, right? And like you were saying, you could do everything maybe at a four or five. Um, but once you were able to, to say, okay, I can do these three tasks or these five tasks and I'm a 10 at this, you farm out the rest. Yes. How do you reliably find people to help you do that, to delegate to you? You know, Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of platforms. There's Fiverr. There's honestly, social media is a wonderful thing. I mean, I had a guy, they actually messaged me and approached me and said, hey, we really like your brand. And we want to help you take it to the next level. And that's how it worked for me. Otherwise, I might still kind of be stuck where I was because yeah. it, it, it's hard to take that step when it's your baby and you, you're protective of it, you know, and, and you don't want people to get the wrong idea about what you're about what you're doing. Right. But you can't do it all. No, you can't do it all. Well, never, you can try never, to do it yeah. all. Yeah. Like I said, it'll be a, you know, maybe a three or four or five. But if you took two or three things and did them at a 10 and hire out the rest, you're going to be a lot further ahead. I think that's a powerful message. Right. You can't do everything. And I think one of the, the greatest um, examples of um, of delegation. Well, there, there's a lot of them at the, at the top of the echelon. Um, but what's the guy's name? The Oracle of Omaha. What's his name? Um, the investor. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. He's he's you know, if you look at how he runs his companies and how he um, delegates and um, does he's a phenomenal leader and he's a phenomenal at delegating and creating systems in his companies and he's one of the most successful businessmen ever yep. because of that and we don't have to reinvent the wheel we just got to see who's doing it well and replicate it right that's the most important thing very good well i appreciate you. he brought me some swag today we're uh we're, we're repping repping the reaper apparel co this one lost lost my mind found my soul that's awesome it's about your journey yeah. find it every shirt that i have on the website is is has a story behind it it has meaning behind it and my goal there is for people to resonate with that and take it and apply it to their own life. Very nice. And you can go to Reaper Apparel. I mean, what's your, what's yeah, your Reaper website? ReaperApparelCo.com. Reaper, ReaperApparelCo.com. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Go, go, go get some great swag. Go support a great cause. Um, and really, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks talking for having to, me. Abso- absolutely. Have you any time. Um, but I, I just am so passionate about the message original emphasis behind starting the podcast was to reach out to those that are suffering in some way mentally and whether it's um, with a mental health issue which um, is normal (laughs) it's not abnormal it's normal and you know whether it's depression whether it's anxiety whether it's suicidal thoughts or or whether you're you know you're struggling in your relationships um, I just we wanted to give a platform these people had a voice and these people knew they weren't alone and we can speak to these problems and help everybody realize like this is, you know, it's, it's not normal to stay stuck, right? Well, it is normal to stay stuck. Unfortunately, it's not ideal to stay stuck, right? But there's resources out there. There are ways that you don't have to stay locked in your own mental prison. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing and, and, um, and the, the movement and the message of we can have positive mental outcomes. Guys, everybody make sure you go check out reaperapparelco.com. 
Get your great swag, support the movement. And don't forget, we need you to clickety-click. We need you guys to like and share this message. If you find value in what we do, this is only going to keep going if you guys continue to, to share the message of goodness to your friends and family and everybody that's important to you. We appreciate your, your listening. Until next time.